Well, I was gonna, I was gonna sit till then, but I'm not gonna sit now. And uh, that was a blessing. You can tell people you were at a pep rally today. Pep rally for the Lord. And uh, it's, it's just great to be together in God's house today. As we go to prayer this morning, uh, wow, Brother Rich Caskey, it's great to see you here this morning. Praise the Lord, Brother Rich. Amen. Steve, thanks for bringing him. Thanks for your help for Rich. We appreciate that. You continue to pray for Rich as he battles with blood clots and is now going on to Coumadin and so on. But we're grateful to see him in the house of God. That's what we ought to do, folks. You know, when God does something in our lives, when God brings a healing in our lives, we ought to come to the house of God and express our gratitude and express our thanksgiving. That's what the thank offering was all about in the Old Testament. And uh, so, amen for that. We do want you to remember Diane Brown. Uh, our dear sister in the Lord who runs Safety Kids, she and Dan, faithful in our church, her father passed, and we want to remember her in prayer today. And I'm sure there are others, but those two came to my heart this morning, so let's bow together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, be glorified. And it's good to be where the songs of the Lord rise, and there is joy. That doesn't mean we don't have battles. It doesn't mean we don't have struggles. It doesn't mean we don't sin. But what it does mean is we have a love for Jesus Christ. And Father, we love you this morning. We love the Lord Jesus and we love the dear Holy Spirit. Not like we ought to, but we love you. Thank you for being together today. It is a fun day in our community. There's no use denying it. Uh, Lord, we've got to smile. We even got some Packers fans here this morning. It's, it's just, it's a neat day. But help us not to lose sight. These things are all fleeting. There are things that are eternal. And may they always be uppermost, even in our minds, while enjoying the fun things of this life. Lord, I can't help but think of in all the fun, reading the other day about how uh, during this Super Bowl weekend, so many underage girls will be trafficked in prostitution down there in Dallas. And I pray for the ministries that are trying to rescue those girls, that you'd bless them and help them today. I pray today, Heavenly Father, for the Browns, that you'd comfort them. Thank you that Diane got to enjoy her dad for so many years. We pray you'd comfort them down. We think today of uh, Amy Marburger. We know she lost her mom last week. and Pray for her and Kurt and their family. You'd comfort them too. And then, Lord, we just give you praise whenever you show us a mercy, and you've done that for Rich Kasky. And I praise you. You've been merciful not only to him, but his mother as well. And I praise you for it. Father, across this room, in the midst of our burdens, there isn't one of us who can't say, the Lord has blessed me. And may we be grateful. May this continue to be an hour of true spiritual impact. Bless our missionaries. We pray for the Bahamas team as, Lord, they're coming back, the Haiti team as they go. Father God, bless those who are serving you wherever they are. Be with our nation and thank you that in the midst of all our problems, there are millions today who are gathering in the name of Christ right here in America. And we pray you'd bless us for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Our theme today, as we have continued to look at the work of the Holy Spirit 
in the life of our Lord Jesus Christ is about the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus. John chapter 5, one example of his healing ministry. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now, that's good right there on Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? I mean, in the sense the Lord Jesus participated in the social life of his people. So he didn't sit around in church in the corner 24-7, okay? Just so you understand. He went up to a feast. It was required, but it was also a time of celebration. Now, there in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, is a pool, which in the Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. In other words, big pillars. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Now put that in perspective. We're talking about somebody who's been laying at that pool from our angle since almost 1982, 1983, somewhere in there. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jews persecuted him. Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. Ecclesiastes 3.3 says, There is a time to heal. As I have read through the Bible, the healing ministry of Jesus, there are times I have walked into a hospital room or into a funeral parlor and wish that I could somehow bring the blessing that he brought of seeing someone raised up or someone healed. It's a wonderful ministry, this healing ministry of our Savior. Before I make my points from the text, may I share a few observations with you? The first is this. Whenever the Bible emphasizes the healing ministry of Jesus, it in no way is being opposed to medicine or doctors. In fact, in Colossians 4 and verse 14, Paul speaks of one of his companions, Luke the doctor. And Luke the doctor wrote the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts if we understand it correctly. Number two observation is simply this. Not everybody who was healed 
in the Bible was a believer. This guy didn't even know who Jesus was. In John 9, when Jesus healed the blind man, he didn't know who Jesus was. When Paul did some healing on the Isle of Malta, the Bible just says those pagans came to him and he he healed them. Now, maybe they got saved, but it's not indicated there. So it's interesting that it wasn't limited just to believers. Third observation is this, um, that in what we read today out of the NIV is a little different than what you might read if you have a King James or New King James Version. Because in those portions, and the NIV alludes to it, is that in some older manuscripts or some of the manuscripts that uh, the Bible's translated from into English, there is a mention of an angel coming down and stirring the pool. And then somebody would try it again after the angel had stirred it. Now, some uh, historically have said that the reason the water got stirred was because of an underground stream that came up and occasionally caused the water to bubble. And so some believe that it was an angel. Others believe it was an underground stream. I don't have a problem either way. I just know this. There had to be a reason they were at that water. My fourth observation would simply be this, that... um, Why would the Lord Jesus pick this man? The Bible says now that there's a whole crowd there of people who are disabled. Why this man? Well, first of all, I would have to say, just like with everything else in Jesus' life and ministry, it was Spirit-directed. The Holy Spirit had a purpose, whatever it be, for directing him to this man. Number two, I think there was a sympathy. The Lord Jesus, the Bible says, learning that this fellow had been there for 38 years. And so in a sympathetic note, the Lord Jesus said, 38 years, I've got to heal this guy. And perhaps there was a strength of witness as well. Because when the word gets around, man, Jesus healed this guy who had been there 38 years. Then maybe others would be stirred to hope Jesus can do something for me too. I think of what Paul said. He said, I am the chiefest of sinners, and yet Christ saved me. You know, that gives us hope, doesn't it? (laughs) In all of our sin, that Jesus Christ can save us as well. And then my final observation would be this, and this is just completely personal. I've I've sometimes wondered, in all of the healing the Lord Jesus did, I wonder if he ever encountered somebody who was disabled with what we term, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but what we term mental retardation that has actually affected their their, uh, features and so on. And I wonder if the Lord Jesus delivered anybody from that. And he may well have. The Bible doesn't necessarily particularly indicate that. It just says whatever diseases came, he healed them of them. uh, But I've always found that rather an interesting thought just personally. Now, based with those observations, let me draw three thoughts from the text today, all right? The first thought is this, the ability to heal. The Lord Jesus obviously healed this man. He said to him, take up your mat and walk. And the man was cured, the Bible says. So the Lord Jesus healed him. The ability to heal. Well, first of all, I would have to say that is power from the Lord. Exodus chapter 16, or Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, the Bible says, I am the Lord who heals you. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name, verse 3, who heals all your diseases. The text that Doug read this morning, Malachi chapter 4, I believe a prophecy of Jesus. The son of righteousness will rise with healing. In some translations, his or its wings. 
And then we know the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 4 when he was anointed for ministry and he's out, and the outset of his ministry said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me and he has anointed me, among other things, to recover the sight of the blind. In other words, he's given me the power and the direction to heal. And then finally, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, when listing there the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it said the gifts of healing by that same Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives the ability and the power to have such healing. Secondly, I realize that in this ability to heal, it's been part of the ministry. The Lord Jesus said to the apostles when they went out in uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 8 and 9, he said, when you go into a village, he said, first of all, you eat whatever's set before you. You're not picky, you're not choosy, you're not prima donnas. You eat whatever's set before you. He said, number two, I want you to heal the sick. And he said, number three, I want you to tell them about the kingdom of God, that it is among you. So he said, I want you to eat what, you know, receive what comes your way he said I want you to heal the sick and I want you to preach the kingdom of God part of their ministry you come a little further in James James chapter 5 and verse 14 this is not speaking about the apostles but James I believe the brother of our Lord instructs he says if any of us among you is sick James 5 14 through 16 let them call for the elders of the church and let the elders come and pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if they have sinned, it will be forgiven them. Now, I have one observation that I want to make, and I should have brought it earlier, but it just comes to my mind right here. I want you to understand that not all sickness is because directly of sin. John chapter 9, the apostles came to Jesus. They found a fellow who had been born blind, and they said, did his parents sin or did he sin? That's why he's blind. The Lord Jesus said, nobody sinned here. Had nothing to do with it. This is for the glory of God. And along with that, I might observe as well that God does not always choose to heal in this life. Even the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 20, Trophimus have I left at Miletus sick. He wrote Timothy in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 23. He said, Timothy, I want you to take a little wine for your stomach and for your often illnesses, your many illnesses. One dear sister told her brother Earl Roberts years ago, she said, Brother Roberts, God's going to heal me. He may heal me here or he may heal me there, but either way, he's going to heal me. But we are talking today primarily about the here and the times that God does choose to heal. But not only is it part of the ministry, not only is it powered by the Lord, but in this ability to heal, let me just comment on the paths of healing. Obviously, there's prayer. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. He, James goes on and he says, and confess your sins to each other and pray for one another that you may be healed. You can't separate prayer from God's healing power. Along with that, there's the laying on of hands. The Bible tells us in Acts 28 and verse 8, the Apostle Paul came to the Isle of Malta as a prisoner there, but they escaped the shipwreck, and the people were kind to them. And the leader of that little island, his dad was sick with a terrible fever, very, very ill, and Paul came and prayed and laid his hands on him, and he was healed. You'll find times in the Bible when the laying on of hands symbolizes and signifies the healing power of God coming to a life. And then in Mark chapter 6 and verse 13, the Bible says the apostles went out ministering the things of the Lord. And as they did, they anointed many people with oil, and they were healed. 
James again speaks of the anointing with the oil. And there are those who are healed. And then finally, it's interesting that sometimes God's path to healing included what we might term close contact. In Luke chapter 8 and verse 44, there's a woman who says, if I can just reach out and touch the, the hem of his garment, the King James says, the edge of Christ's robe, and she touched it and she was healed. Acts chapter 5, the Bible says as Peter passed by, people were put in the streets who were sick, and as his shadow came, it fell upon them. And the Bible says all who came were healed. Acts chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. And then in Acts chapter 19, the Bible tells us that there were aprons and handkerchiefs. If they touched the body of Paul, God did miraculous things through him, and people were sent those handkerchiefs and those aprons, and they were healed. I'm just telling you what the Bible says happened in these cases. Now, I also understand that some would raise the concern, were these not apostolic era ministry? Were these not things done in that season to foundation the Word of God? I don't have an argument with that. I just would say this to you. I believe the God who healed back then can still heal today, whatever his method he may choose to be. But there are some basics in the Bible, and in James chapter 5, we find prayer and the anointing with oil as they pray that they might be healed, the ability to heal. Secondly, in this text, I see what I would call the attitude for healing. The Lord Jesus said to the man, he said, do you want to be well? You know, it's kind of funny to us sometimes we read the Bible, some of these questions almost crack us up, don't they? Like, you kidding me? <laughs> been laying here 38 years trying to get in this pool. I want to get well. Do you want to be healed? But you know, in another sense, some have raised the issue that it's very possible that the man had just uh, kind of come to a point he was comfortable with the familiar. Almost, well, you know, I don't know what health might bring to me. I've been in this condition so long. So don't, don't rock my boat. On the other hand, too, it may just be that he had absolutely lost any faith at that point. He said, you know what, there's no hope for me. I can't get in this pool. Nobody's going to help me get in this pool. I am absolutely helpless, sir. He said, I, I, I really, I can't be. And it's almost like in one sense that's where the Lord Jesus wanted him to be, to realize, sir, I, I, I can't. I can't get in the pool. Nobody's even here to help me get in the pool. He said, I, I can't be healed. And in that helplessness, the Lord Jesus reached out to him and healed him. One commentator put it this way, the Lord Jesus even provided the will for him to be cured. And you know, in a sense, when you and I come to the Lord because we need his salvation, we need his deliverance, we need his healing, we need his power, we need his help, it is because we are absolutely helpless without him. In another sense, though, there are times that in a desire to be healed, one does reach out to the Lord. I think of, of, of the book of uh, Luke and, and Bartimaeus. And the Bible tells us that old Bartimaeus is there. I think it's Luke 10. And, and the Lord Jesus comes by and he hears it's Jesus and he's in his blindness. And Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, the Bible does say in the, in the, in the book of Hebrews that God rewards faith because faith is a belief in him and it is a diligent search for him. And he said, he does reward those who believe that he is. And he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And here is the patient crying out, Lord, heal me. I see not only the cry of those who are the patients themselves, but the cry of their partners. Luke chapter 5, the Bible says there are some men who come. And they bring their friend to be healed of Jesus who's lying on a bed. 
And they can't get into the house where Jesus is because of the crowd. So they go up on the roof and they tear the roof apart and they let their friend down through the roof. And the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of the friends, the partners with this guy, that he healed that man. Brother Tom, I hope you won't mind me mentioning Brother Little, little Trey Mitlow. Little Trey's too young. He probably does not even understand what faith is. But he's got a family that does. He's got church families that do. And we partner with that family to pray for God's healing upon him. And I see the, the reach or the cry toward the Lord of the prayers. The Bible says in James 14, if any sick, let him call for the elders and let them come and pray over him and anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith, whose prayer is it? It's the prayer of the elders. It's the prayer of those who are spiritually to be leaders. No wonder we ought to stand with Samuel if we're in a position of leadership and say, God forbid that I should sin in ceasing to pray for you. And so there is, if you will, this idea of the hunger, Lord, heal us. And then there is, in this attitude for healing, not only a helplessness and not only a hunger, but you might say a humility as well. You know, the Bible says that later the Lord Jesus found him and said, now listen, you've been healed, you stop sinning. Obviously, he wasn't asking the man to be perfect, but apparently in this case, either some sin had brought about this disability or even as disabled, there was some sin he was carrying on in his life. And the Lord Jesus said, I want you to stop that or something worse could happen. Do you remember Luke chapter 5? They let the man down through the roof. The first thing Jesus said to him was not be healed. The first thing he said, be forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. James chapter 5. If any among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. And if he has sinned, his sin is forgiven. In the Orthodox Christian churches, they have a sacrament they call the, the sacrament of unction. Not extreme unction. It's developed with Catholicism to the point of death. But unction in the sense of dealing with sickness. And the priest comes and he prays with that person. And first of all, yes, there is in that prayer and ceremony a request for healing. But also then there is a repentance of sin. And so there is a humility that comes when we cry out for healing that not only says, God, I need your touch, but God, if there's anything in my life that would hinder your touch, please forgive it, remove it, cleanse me, and heal me. And then thirdly, I see the attack on the healing. The Bible said some of the Jewish leaders who were always having problems with Jesus' ministry, it says it was the Sabbath day, and this fellow's carrying his bed. Now, it just happened to be a stealer blanket on his bed, and I'm not sure why, but, but you see, really, it says pick up your mat. The, the bed, if you will, of that day and time is not a bed like you and I think of a bed. It was probably something of a straw mat or some kind of a lightweight material that he just laid on and could gather up and, and take home. And so he's, he, he folds up his, his bed, his mat, his blanket, if you will, and he gets it up under his arm, and he starts down the street. 
I mean, man, he's praising God. I mean, he's been on that bed for 38 years. He had no hope, and suddenly he's healed, and he's walking. He's carrying his bed, and some of these Jewish leaders come up and say, Hey, don't carry your bed. Man, this is the Sabbath. Now, in one sense, we can appreciate their concern for the Sabbath. Jeremiah chapter 17, the Bible says you don't carry a load on the Sabbath day. Nehemiah 13, Nehemiah got tough with the elders of Israel because in Jerusalem, or the elders of Judah because in Jerusalem, they were letting people carry their load. But if you study the context, it's always about carrying a load for the purpose of work and provision and making money. This has nothing to do with that. Jesus is just healing. He said, man, take up your mat. Go on home now. And he's carrying his mat, his bed, and these guys, they say, don't carry your bed. You know what's sad? They missed the merriment. I mean, can you imagine what, I mean, how many of you have ever been in a hospital? Are you glad to get out? How many of you have ever been sick with the flu and wished you could die? And you felt better? Isn't that good? Don't you like it? Don't you enjoy it? How many of you have ever had a painful surgery and when you finally start feeling better, isn't that a blessing? Now, here's an old boy, 38 years, he's been disabled, can't get in the pool, nobody to help him, and all of a sudden, he's walking, carrying his bed. They miss the merriment. I love Barrett having to stand up this morning, because that's exactly what Malachi said. The Bible says, when the Son of Righteousness rises with healing, it says you're going to leap like calves that just got out of the stall, and they're kicking and hopping their way across the free pasture. Oh, what a blessing. Kind of reminds me of the old fellow, man, he got saved. He came to the church on a Sunday morning running around praising God. Woo! Old deacon stopped him and said, what are you doing, man? He said, brother, I got religion. He said, well, you didn't get it in this church. I remember Sunshine when I was a student at Bob Jones University. He used to go on Sunday nights to Tabernacle Baptist Church. It was a Pentecostal Baptist church. And I'm telling you, there was a fellow there, old sunshine, they called him. He'd leap out of the choir loft about six feet off the ground. He'd leap out of the choir loft when old Dr. Seitler got to preaching, and he'd run the aisles. One night a fellow told me, he said, you know why sunshine does that? And I said, no, but he, this fellow told me. A few weeks later, I was back at the campus, and some guys who'd never been to Tabernacle Baptist came back, and, oh, they were carrying on, and they were so critical. Did you see that guy that was running around during the sermon and running up and down the aisles? That's terrible. That's not worship. I said, guys, let me tell you something. You want to know about Sunshine? Sunshine was a crippled man who had a mean streak. And one day in his home, he had his wife and his daughter tied up with a gun. He said he's going to kill them. And old Dr. Harold Seitler had his big old Bible. He was just going door to door, knocking on doors for Jesus. And he came to their door, and he began to knock. And Sunshine said to his wife and daughter, don't you make a sound or I'll kill you right now. But old Brother Seitler just felt led to keep on knocking on that door. And finally old Sunshine put the gun down. He limped to the door, opened it. Dr. Seitler got his way in there. He untied the wife and the girl, and he led all three of them to Christ. And that very week, God healed Sunshine of his crippledness. And I said, guys, you didn't know that, did you? That he was going to kill his family. That he was crippled and God healed him. I'm going to tell you something. If he wants to run, let him run. 
They missed the merriment. Because it's all worried about the bed. Where'd I throw my bed? Man, I'll tell you what. Number two, you know what? They missed the miracle. For 38 years, this bed's been carrying this man. Now he's carrying the bed. They missed the miracle. I was, grew up in a culture where if you didn't get saved with our group, you probably weren't even saved. Man, you talk about missing the miracle. Because what I found out over the years, God's saving folks in a whole lot of places you and I might not even expect. Don't miss the miracle. Number three, they miss the mercy. They said, don't carry your bed, man. It's the Sabbath. And the Lord Jesus said in our last verse, my Father works even to this day. Guess what? The Father still does some merciful things on the Sabbath. Don't you love Lamentations 3.23? His mercies or compassions are new every morning. That includes the Sabbath. Luke 14 and verse 5, the Lord Jesus said, if your son falls in the ditch or your ox falls in the ditch, even if it's the Sabbath, you have the mercy to help him get out. Now, here's a man that's been laying there for 38 years. I think it's okay, Jesus said, on the Sabbath to raise him up and send him home with his bed. Don't miss the mercy. You know what? Those fellas, instead of saying, I can't believe you're carrying the bed on the Sabbath, they should have said, hey, you've been healed by Jesus from 38 years of disability. Let us help you carry the bed. By the way, talking about mercy, I know our Heavenly Father doesn't choose every time to give a deliverance that is completely physical, but thank God for the people who show mercy that helps heal the heart even when the body doesn't get well. Thank God for the medical people. Thank God for hospice people. Thank God for ambulance people. Thank God for caregivers. Thank God for nursing home workers. Thank God for therapists. Thank God for counselors, those who come alongside. And even if the body or the situation doesn't necessarily heal in this life, they can help heal the heart. Do you know what the Lord Jesus says at the great judgment day to the sheep? He says in Matthew 25, he said, I was sick. And you visited me. Lord, when did we see you sick and visited you? He said, when you did it to the least of my brethren, you did it to me. Now, I may not be able to walk into a nursing home and raise everybody up out of a wheelchair. I wish I could. But I can go in and help comfort their heart. He said, I was sick. And you visited me. Dave and Lynn were just telling me they're trying to train their dogs so they can go to nursing homes and comfort them. The elderly love it when the pets come and when little children come. That's a healing of the heart. Don't miss the mercy. And then finally, can you imagine? They were so hung up on this guy carrying his bed that they missed the master. They said, who is this fellow that told you to do that? And when they found out it was Jesus, the Bible says in our text, they persecuted him. Now, I don't know about you, but if I run into somebody or hear of somebody who's been able to take somebody that was disabled for 38 years and raise them up, I believe I'd like to know who they are, amen? I believe I'd like to meet that fellow. 
I believe I'd like him to impact my life. And let me tell you something, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, who raised this man out of the bed, he came to this earth, he died on the cross for your sins and mine because he had none of his own. He was buried and rose again the third day. He can save our souls, he can heal our bodies, and he can give us an eternal health in heaven forever. I believe if I were you, I'd want to meet him. And I'd want him to be in my life. I'm going to do something. It's a little different than what we normally do here. But I've prayed about it. And I have peace to do it. And I have permission to do it. I've asked to be able to do this. And I've been granted permission. Gary and Lynn Zimmer, would you please come? These are two ordained elders of this church. James 5 says, call for the elders. They have some with them, some oil. It's just olive oil, but it's been prayed over and committed to the Lord. I remember one time I was in a garage. Old brother Bob Hitson. This was over 20 years ago. Bob said, Brother Tim, I've been diagnosed with, with, with uh, uh, MS. He said, I want you to get some saints and pray over me. I said, Bob, we don't have any oil. We looked around, we found a can of motor oil. We poured it on him. Nothing magical about the oil, but the oil is biblical in nature and it is symbolic of the Holy Spirit who really does the healing. And I would like for the next few moments while Barrett Tyler come and play quietly, minister quietly in song, if there's somebody in this room this morning and you say, I need the Lord's touch. I need healing in my body or healing in my heart. I need some area of my life straightened out. I need some sin forgiven. I, I need to get saved. I need God's touch in my life today. As they begin to quietly minister music, I'd like to ask you to get out of your seat and just come and I've asked Gary and Lynn to anoint you with oil. Place their hand upon you. Just pray briefly for your need today. I want you to come. As they say.